Well, welcome again to On the Road, uh, a preacher recap with myself, Mose, and my, uh, well, sitting shotgun with me uh, today, and you you obviously know him, uh, James Thompson. Hi, Mose. Uh, it's just the two of us again. I think we scared off the rest of the hitchhikers. I know. I, well, we had to let Tony off for, for a spell, and he's, yeah. he's doing some investigating of, for himself. It probably has something yeah. to do with Batman. Who knows? Well, I I am I still remain in hope that we will we will pick up some other people for the 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 remainder of the season. But as as we were just realizing, we don't have that much left. You know, we've got three episodes to go, and these three episodes that we're about to talk about set up so many things. And how is it all going to pay off in time? It's it. There's been there seems to be some compression of time that they're doing in some of these episodes, and they're giving us so much information. But I don't feel overwhelmed by it. It just enriches the story, which, again, I've said this before. You've said this before. This is really a great show. Yeah. Um, and as we said before, I have no idea where we're going. You know, we're... It's putting all these pieces in place, like all these different factions and all these different, you know, characters. And, you know, are we heading towards something? Are we going to get some kind of finale at the end of this season? Or, sorry, my voice has come. I can edit that out. Um, Are we going to get some kind of finale at the end of the season? Or is it, you know, are we going to have all these things still hanging. Well, if you had asked me, I would have told you, oh, well, the finale is going to be the they're meeting up with the Saint of Killers and they'll, you know, get rid of him or something will happen there. I thought for sure the Saint of Killers would be something we would have running through. I'm still not unconvinced that something may happen, but Yeah. I mean, we spent a lot more time in and around the apartment than I was expecting. You know, I was kind of thinking this season was going to be a road movie. Yeah. But it's not really. We, we, we went to New Orleans and we're sort of staying there and we're staying within this sort of small radius of, of Dennis's apartment, which is much more of a fixture. And Dennis, as we discover, is much more of a fixture for this season than I was expecting. I thought he was just going to be a throwaway character. Well, getting into this this first episode and and Sokosha, Soko, Soko Asha. I'm not sure, and I don't know where it comes from. I'm assuming it might relate to the Japanese. That's um, I. That's what I thought. I thought maybe it was like some of the kanji script that's on the side of the truck, which we'll get into. Um, yeah, I, I think you might be onto something there. But I, I didn't. I didn't look it up to find out if if that had a meaning. So. Yeah. Well, I prefer not to look it up because then those that are listening and yelling right now um, have re- all all, th- all three of them. Yes. Um, yes. I, I I I will troll those three. But yes, episode six, um, six of eleven. So you know we're past the halfway point. Um. And we start out with this, like, so it's the scene of this guy coming to the poor house and offering them money for something, which we're not sure at this point what it is. And um, we have uh, uh, the actor is James Kyson, who was Ando on Heroes that I remember him from. That's right. Playing Japanese again, and he's South Korean, but, you know, never mind. Um, oh, don't and, let's not go in that rabbit hole. But it, well. yeah, uh, but it's this setup of you know they're offering him you know they want ten percent of something, but you know if he does fifteen percent, he'll get double the price. As it turns out, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this poor family, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of feels like you know we've wandered into an episode of Black Mirror or something. Yes, uh, yes, very and, much so. And it turns out that. They're, he's taking 15% of his soul 
which is then being sold on for 2.7 million uh, to uh, a rich uh, couple to sort of cure her dementia or something like that. Well, and let me let me say a few things in in interweaving in this. Number one, the acquisition of a soul, um, it went up through the uh, main artery up the leg, which I found to be interesting. You know, it was a different take on how do you get to the soul? Where is it? Yeah, and they seem to have some physical thing that they were actually um, uh, sticking a needle into. Oh, that, I, I, I just wasn't ready for that. And then the reveal of, um, without going kind of too far, but the delivery of the soul. So you see the full transaction transpire. And obviously this uh, very wealthy man, his wife, it looks like to be maybe Alzheimer's or some other dementia. Uh, and, you know, she's, wa- was she watering the plants, but she doesn't have any pants on? Yes, that's right. I mean, it was, there are these interesting, stark kind of reveals that are almost, it's, it's, it's a very dark comedy. Like I, I, I smile in, in so much as it's uncomfortable and my own experience, I mean, I had a a father-in-law who died of Alzheimer's. So it's not as if this is like super humorous to me, but Mm. I, but I get it. And I understand, like, okay, this is worth $2 million for, for his wife to live or to be free of, of this disease. Yeah, but it, it's the, you know, what, what is the price? You know, this, I think this is going to be a thread that we're going to get over the next two episodes after this is, you know, what, what is the downside to this 15% of your soul that you've sold off? You know, or even one percent, as we'll discover. Later. That's right, and and apparently through thousands of clinical trials, there's no uh, long term effects. Yeah, I'm kind of skeptical about that. Yeah, I don't um, think there's any uh, effects while you're alive. Yes, I think I think that is exactly uh, wh- where this may go. Um, you know, mm. so yeah, an I- interesting opening. Again, sort of throwing you off balance a bit. This kind of completely different, you know, high tech, high tech, but also you know, um, with the soul harvesting, and we and we see um, we see the guy sitting in his van with the you know, uh, reading his book while the wall is covered in you know a hundred hundreds of different souls, which we know are worth you know millions each. Absolutely. Oh, just H- hence the. Hence the very armored truck uh, that they're in. Yes. And uh-huh. now we move on and then, you know, they get their lunch and whatnot and life is, you know, keeps moving and the Saint of Killers. Yes, the Saint of Killers is, as we saw last time, is on his way. Uh, but he's a bit closer than we were expecting because, you know, he's getting help from Victor's daughter. Um but yeah, we we, we have the, the our our team, you know, sitting there having their breakfast and uh, you know just sort of discussing various things. And Tulip's a bit jealous, hearing about this Lara lounge singer woman. Um, and you know they've got their pancakes with their names spelled out on them and and all this stuff. Uh, I like that. Yeah, having this sense of normalcy. Yeah. And, uh, of course the, the daughter for, you know, either didn't remember or, or for some reason points them in the wrong, points the saint of killers in the wrong direction. So he ends up at the other end of the hall. Um, and there's, you know, your standard saint of killers bloodbath ensues. Oh, um, like with the guy getting his hand crushed, you know, start with the sort of gory, uh, physical, Physical comedy is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Right, the, the, it, it, this, kind of the macabre comedy. Yeah, uh, and you know, the, the there's the head bouncing out into the the uh, the hallway, and yeah, he just massacres everybody from one flat, works his way down, and the, there's a bullet that gets fired off that 
um, travels through every wall of all the different apartments and ends up in our our, our hero's uh, fridge uh, in, in, in the, the yogurt. Ch- yeah, in the Chobani. Yeah. Um, and I think Jesse hears something or whatever and he looks in the fridge and he sees the you know, the, the bullet is obviously still hot, as we've seen before, and there's the bubbling. And uh, he realizes what's up, and they, they all clear out um, just in the nick of time and uh, decide that they, they what they need to do is find out that they can't run forever, so they need the weaknesses for the Saint of Killers. So they, they do a, a sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they head to the library. To Ver- do some yes. research. Uh, you know, you're in New Orleans and uh there is no real internet. Uh we're not dealing in that. We're dealing in hardcore books and audio tapes. Which was yeah. a great plot like device uh to give you the voiceover. Yes, I like the voiceover and all the different styles telling the story, you know, oh. the sort of the comic book style, which I don't know if is actual from the the preacher comics that they were taking stuff or that's uh art they did for these episodes but yeah i know i really like that and and they get the backstory on him you know he's the only living man without a soul um and right in the middle of this uh cassidy remembers that they left dennis um and you know he's uh the Saint of Killers has Dennis because he comes back to the apartment. Uh, and Jesse basically talks to him on the phone, talks to the Saint of Killers on the phone and says, you know, don't hurt him, I'm coming. I'm just amazed that the voice of God uh, translates over um, cellular. Yeah, over a, a, an ancient flip phone as well. Always. I think, is it that they use flip phones as just a way of not brandizing and dating themselves um i i don't know i mean i think it i mean there was like a fairly modern windows laptop in the the observation apartment thing so it's not like they're kind of trying to avoid modern technology but um i'm not sure i think it's just a way of saying you know um well, it's possibly a way of saying that we're going to have to go to a library rather than sitting here on our iPhones around the table. That's right. Um, well, you know, and but this you you get to see kind of Cassidy um, at a real quandary because you can he's obviously very upset. Like, do not go into the apartment. Get out. No, and this language barrier has been a problem from the moment we met Dennis, but we kind of assumed it was just kind of a flubby, funny thing. But this is the first time we're seeing Cassidy kind of with some real emotions of, of don't go in there. But as I just realized in like the next episode or something, they, they're using a smartphone for uh, simultaneous translation stuff. So, ah, uh, Yes. So the flip phone was just that's what Dennis had. That's because, right. Because uh Dennis is not a man who's moving with the times. That's right. Uh, In fact, he's thinking about the end of his times. Yeah, and this is where his story we get the 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 twist. I don't know if it comes out at this point or later, but um it turns out that Dennis is Cassidy's son. Oof. Yeah, we knew that there was a connection between them, and I just, I don't know if either of us had said anything to this effect, but it caught me off guard. I think we talked about the fact that, you know, Cassidy could have been around for a long time, but I I don't think, I certainly didn't put it together. I just thought Dennis was some random person that he'd just been hanging out with, you know, and he trashed his apartment and all this, and there wasn't any deeper meaning to it. but. No, as it turns out, yes, there is. And it, and it, it gives you a, a hard perspective. Like one now, you know, once you know that, that it's his son, now it all makes sense, you know, how Cassidy's behavior was and, and, and how kind of you see their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've got the, 
he makes a deal. So um, Jesse turns up in person and doesn't get a bullet in the face immediately and explains to the Saint of Killers that his deal is not going to happen because God is missing. So, you know, the, the, he's not going to get his family back and get to heaven, which was what he was promised. Uh, and Saint of Killers is actually puts down his gun, you know, uncocks the, the trigger and says, prove it to me. Uh, and he shows him the, the video and he's kind of <laughs> doesn't know what television is, but um, the, th- yeah, we have the, the, the deal that is made that uh, Jesse needs to get him a soul so he can get to heaven and he has one hour to do it and he's going to keep everybody else hostage in the meantime. You know, this one hour moment, as I was replaying it just, you know, before we went on, is probably the most comic booky, um, like kind of plot device that has mm. happened so far that I, that, that I, I can, I can say, oh, wow, you only have an hour. Like, cause if someone tells me I only have an hour to do something like that, that's, I mean, beyond impossible. And here we, and, and this becomes kind of like the most superhero-y, um, action, uh, especially that we've seen so far. Yeah, but I think the interesting thing with it is Jesse's like, oh yeah, no problem. Kind yeah, of thing. and he goes immediately to you know uh, this Papa Bebe place or whatever, and Jesse clearly knows a lot about soul selling. He says his name, and they kind of invite him in, so they know who he is. Um, and he's talking to them, and he's trying to get a, a soul. And the guy's like, you know, we're out of business. The Japanese have pushed everybody out of the the market. And they go down the list of all the other shops. And they mention Angelville. And he says, oh, that's hanging on by a thread. And I'm certain Angelville was a reference to something before. There was like a poster on the wall or something that talked about, it was like a carnival or something at Angelville. So, you know, I think that's a reference to something else. Um and as it happens, yeah, there's the 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 truck pulls up outside, uh, and we get the translation on the side, which is Soul Happy Go Go, which is the <laughs> name of this Japanese um, soul harvesting business. Yeah, I and of can, course, and so maybe that's what our uh, Sokioya uh, means, but we'll see. Yeah, could be. Um, and of course, Jesse tries to communicate and use the the word on them, but it's a sort of soundproof truck and as it turns out bomb proof truck because he gets a phone call from uh tulip who's understandably a bit concerned as time is getting on and she talks him through building a bomb uh which he blows up and it as you say it's slightly comic booky because nothing happens and the cops come um yeah and we we have Tulip who faces off against the Saint of Killers a bit to try and get some medicine for Dennis. And he lifts her up off the ground, about two feet off the ground, and throws her. And this whole experience deeply traumatizes her. Very. And it sort of echoes through the next two, two and probably more episodes. Um, but yeah, Jesse gets the cops, opens up the van... Needs a soul to match the bullet because they have this little sort of device which, you know, is a bit like scales and he puts something on one side and, yeah, there's no match for the souls. And, of course, there's only one match and that turns out to be himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, what's the smallest amount I can give? And it's 1%. So, you know, he, he figures 1% is worth the worth the sacrifice but i think it's going to come back and haunt him Um, i think so too i think this is a in that okay so as we go on he ends up using his one percent soul and giving it to the saint of killers which becomes a flaw for the saint because he thinks okay all good and he realizes now that and Jesse has the upper hand because he can use the voice of God on him and disarm him and control him. Yeah. And, you know, he's Jesse basically has double crossed him to a certain extent because he says, you know, he's not worthy of going to heaven. Uh, 
for all the bad things that he's done. But he's not going to send him to hell either. And I think at this point, they're talking about hell and there's some of the sound effects of the machinery and stuff from hell in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, a little foreshadowing. Yeah. And so instead, you know, he locks him in the soul truck with all the other soul bits uh, and drives it off into the swamp. Um, and, you know... <sighs> A, I'm thinking, you've locked him in there with all those different souls. Is that going to be, you know, a problem? See, that's where I think he's going to have to go and get him. Or if ha- having a loss of even 1% of your soul is a problem, he's going to have to go and get him. And That's true. I hadn't thought about that. So the soul is still in play, that 1%. He might need it back and to get it back. Yeah, I can see that. But the fact... That he's basically, he's keeping secrets from everyone. He doesn't tell everyone that, you know, he's not sort of sent him to hell. He's just locked him in a van and dropped him into swamp. Uh, so, you know, Tulip is obviously really having problems uh, about this. And the fact that everybody's keeping secrets, you know, this is going to come out at some point in the future. That's right. Uh and we're kind of generally, we're starting to see the wheels coming off. I think, you know, our our band of people, there's all these little problems. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we realize that there's some caring to be done by Cassidy, a man who seems to generally care about his crew. But now that we know that his son is is there, so, you know, his, his emotional uh, weight, is being shifted over, and with uh, Tulip's PTSD, and rightly so, um, and and even now, uh, I would say even like in, in in the next episode, especially even um, Jesse is kind of got uh, his mind on you know it's kind of he's he's focused in on finding God, and so he's kind of not looking at the two people that got him here he's kind of yeah. he's kind of breaking away or not breaking away but just their relationship is not as 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 congealed as as it once was and i think we've seen in the previous episodes when we had the flashbacks to him and tulip you know how fully detached he can get you know especially when they're both going through stuff so it kind of seems like we're backsliding towards that, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, episode seven, uh, Pig. And uh, we, we saw Pig on a file folder, Manila file folder, in who we now know as Hair Stark or Star. Star, yeah. Yep. Even though, even though um, uh, Jesse was also a Stark as well. That's but right. Anyway, um, yeah. We we start out with a floating pig uh, in Vietnam, mm-hmm. uh, which needs to be dealt with. Uh, it's already being Instagrammed by tourists and is on the internet. So uh, her star is dispatched to deal with this. Uh, and we see the uh, in New Orleans, we've got the the doomsday preacher who's talking about the end of the world, and there's. Con- there's increasing references has been throughout the whole season to the end of the world. And if I had to guess, that's where we're heading for the uh, end of the, this season. Interesting. But interesting. Just because of the reference, the number of references increasing <clears throat> and something I think is going to happen that we're going to get to a uh, end of the world situation. But I mean, we, we do find out that, well, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we have the we have a great sequence with this uh, pub called the Hurt Locker, uh, where they where they turn up, and it seems to be this was mentioned in the last episode, mm-hmm. um, and it's a place where you basically there seems to be betting on you put a bulletproof vest on and you get shot with an increasingly uh, large caliber weapons. And our, our trio turn up and do basically an old school con that ends up with uh, Cassidy getting shot and apparently killed 
And it seems a bit like we're getting a bit of how Jesse and Tulip used to roll. Exactly. Uh, I thought that it it was just like, oh, they're in their element. This is what they do, the con. Yeah, and they were into their groove and they had their characters and they they were sort of, you know, he was playing up the whole preacher thing. And she was pretending to be uh, you know, uh, Cassidy's uh, girlfriend and, and gives him a passionate kiss as well. It gets yeah. brought up later. Um, and, you know, I think some of this, I think Tulip is just sort of acting out a bit because she's still dealing with her PTSD, as you say. And she brings it up again and Jesse lies about him being gone. Or he at least bends the truth somewhat. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like their con that they, they pull and, you know, everybody runs off because, you know, they're talking about calling the police. So they just stay in this bar and drink. You know, um, I have to wonder, this can't be just something that someone concocted. I have a feeling that this type of, uh, bar activity exists. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but I'm hoping that it's not. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's things happen in America, James. Yeah, our, our New Orleans listeners will write in and they will tell us whether this That's is right. real or not. That's one of the three. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's New Orleans, Jake. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have uh, Dennis has turned up in the bar as well because. You know, apparently everybody's coming to this bar now that it's free. Um, And he's talking away and the sort of passed out guy in the corner turns out to be a French professor and he does the translation. And Dennis is dying of heart disease, but he wants to live forever. And basically he wants uh, Cassidy to turn him into a vampire as well. And that goes off with a Cassidy... Acting as a father, you know, no, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to do this to you. Because, you know, we can all kind of infer. We, we've, we've seen this um, adage of living forever and what does that mean? You know, what kind of weight does that bear on you? And it's obvious that Cassidy has, you know, some issues with immortality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- and he wouldn't wouldn't wish it on Dennis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see where that's going to go. Um, but I think the best bits in this episode uh, we have the flashbacks. Yes, and we go back back to Herstar's job interview process with the Grail. Wow. Uh, and yeah, I, I I I just like this kind of. We get all the different sort of stages of this interview process, and we find out initially also that the the nipple piercings from the title sequence belong to her star. Yeah, that was that was something. Cleared up that little mystery. Um, I mean, I haven't had a a job interview or a Silicon Valley style job interview in a while, but this seems like how I imagine the sort of you know Google Facebook style job interviews should go. Um, I just, yes. like, I just like the, 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 the low techness of it all. It's, it's very, uh, I, I, I don't know why the, the it, it's like this very Hogan's heroes feel to it. Like where they're, they're just doing these, um, very menial kind of oddball tasks, like, uh, throwing a medicine ball against the wall. And then doing seduction training. Yeah. And the very unusual distraction techniques while you're fighting with somebody. Uh, and then the beating the guy to death with a, a golf club that happened to be handy. Yeah. I mean, it's like it works down and you see the sort of the field of people being whittled down to it's just two. And of course, the final two, it's a shooting range. And it, you know, I knew where it was going to go. Sure. From the, but it was fun you know he shoots shoots the other candidate um but so he passes the job interview and you get the you know he he gets his um whatever you call it sort of uh orientation interview and they explain you know that they're doing all this for uh for christ 
And he kind of has this deep sigh. And they're like, no, no, you know, this isn't just myth and legend. Christ is living in a top secret location guarded by, you know, machine guns. Hell, you know, it's a secret child. It's the secret child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's being saved for the end of the world. And uh, the, the Grail has this unit, Samson unit, which is what her star is heading up, which handles the false prophets that would challenge Christ. So that's their whole, you know, that's the, that's the backstory of what's going on here is that, you know, they're going around cleaning up any sort of, any kind of these strange uh, uh, happenings. Well, so that's it's, why it's almost as if, as, as I caught Hairstar talking, that when they saw the pig and he was on the phone, he said, now people are worshipping it. And so yes. it's it's this whole, like, we're not going to allow anybody else to, we don't want anybody away from Christianity. So we've got to maintain that level because the end of the world is is dictated by that, and uh, Jesus's son is our leverage point to get out of that. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was um, his son, Jesus himself, or there had been a lineage of you know generations of kids, yeah, or un- something. Very unclear. Un- yeah. Um, but yeah, we 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 have oh and. Uh, Cassidy had also been picked up off the street by the, the there was the two vans, the one that says drunk and the one that says dead. Yeah. Now, uh, do, he, do you think that's real? I kind of don't know. Again, you know, this is not my country. I cannot make any comments and I do not wish to pass judgment. I hope it's not. But I have a feeling it might might be. I mean, like people get pretty raucous. Ugh. And yeah, I can't see it being those kind of little carts that they throw people oh. back off, though. But, uh, you know, uh, Casty has ended up in the morgue. Um, as he said, was it something like, you know, combination of alcohol and, and no, uh, no pulse or whatever. So um, he, he gets out of the morgue, but then he's, he has this, you know, sees people mourning and he's obviously having all these thoughts about Dennis and w- what's going to happen. Um, and we have Tulip who goes back to the Hurt Locker, tells them all that they played them, and, you know, she just wants to get shot, you know, and she's imagining also the Saint of Killers shooting her, and, you know, she gets knocked down, and she gets up, and she says, you know, again. Um, and we had Jesse talking to this doomsday preacher, and he sort of says, oh, you know, by the way, I had a parishioner who was looking at doing this fractional soul thing. And the the guy says, you know, don't do it. Um, Sell a kidney <sighs> instead. But th- yeah, th- th- this th- I don't think it's 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 easy to pass. Th- it's easy, I should say, to pass off this conversation and see it as just filler because I'm of all the things that we've seen. But I think that's a huge mistake. I think that this is kind of um, character build for Jesse. And like, mm. here are the things that you need to know that you did this for for one reason, but there's going to be big impacts later. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, talking about the end of the world again. We're 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 still discussing that. And this guy is not, you know, crazy homeless guy. He seems to be kind of a um. A, a fairly normal guy, but doing something just for rent and beer money. Yeah. Uh, and we cut back to the pig who is quite dead. Quite um, dead. As is everybody in the village. And it wasn't clear to me whether, you know, her star had seen a, th- had seen something in the water uh, when he'd got a glass of water earlier and whether he had just realized that everybody was going to die or whether he had just realized a good cover story for killing everybody off. Well, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I looked at him when he was looking at that water and there was all the floaty stuff in it. Mm. And I thought, ooh, it's like protozoa, bacterias or whatnot. And so then that was like the clincher, like, oh, we just all we have to do is infect the water supply. No one, no yeah. one will, no one will question that. Yeah. So 
everybody's wiped out, including the the guy who who was showing him around and cleaning his shoes and everything. Um, and he gets the call, and he's being sent to New Orleans to deal with Jesse, and that's that's the main that's his new job. And we have a, at the end, there's the sort of Jesse's got the TV on or something, and there's a sort of Stephen Hawking type scientist explaining this pig and exactly the scientific reasons why it floated and sort of discrediting the whole thing. And he was mentioned at some point, and I can't remember, I think it was that episode they talked about the scientist, and I think it was during that flashback um, between the, the like the main leader of the Grail. Right. They said something about a scientist of, 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 of some, and obviously we're supposed to kind of infer maybe it's, it is like a you know, a hawking type thing. Well, just from the, the uh, synthesized voice. Yes. Um, and I, I noticed they didn't use the, 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 they didn't get too close to Stephen Hawking. Cause I think they, even though I think his voice is an off the shelf voice that you can buy. Um, it, it's still recognizably him now. So they would probably get into trouble for using it. Yeah. It seemed almost like a male Siri voice. It was yeah, yeah. It was strange like that. But yeah, so that's end of episode seven, and we roll into episode eight, and uh, Eugene has clearly been working out a bit. Well, um, this is full on reminiscent of um, Cape Fear with Robert De Niro when yeah, he, he's in jail and it he's got his huge back tattoo that says Tracy. And yeah. he's just just working out because, you know, it's prison. That's what you do. Well, or hell. Uh, and he seems to be fitting in well with hell, you know. Um, and uh, turns out in hell, uh, you use duct tape for toilet paper. Woof. Uh, and, uh, but people are getting punished for being nice in any way. You know, somebody picked up a pen lid. And for that, they got put in the hole. Yeah. Um, and the, our resident caveman of the group gets duct taped to a TV. That has uh, fire. With, which has fire on it. And we see um, Eugene turns down the, the level, you know, the volume level discreetly to make it slightly easier for him. And Hitler notices this. So, you know. A couple, couple things. Yeah, a couple things in this ep- this 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 part of the episode. Um, what do you make of the warden or the overseer's voice changing? I think that's to me that's to imply that she is some kind of demonic. Um, she she's the uh, equivalent of the angels for for hell. Okay, is what what I'm assuming, and that her voice changing is just a kind of. You know, it, it's sort of slipping in and out of uh, demonic. Uh, what did you have another idea of what you thought it could be? Well, you know, I if I go down the you know kind of what I've seen my my own visual language is that okay, you're in you look like a human, but and you sound like a human sometimes, so you could be a demon that you know eventually we're going to see these people. Maybe I think it might be a little over the top and dumb, but it's almost like we're wearing people skin and so that you are accustomed to what what you're seeing, because really we could blow your mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, because, I mean, with the angels, I don't think we've ever seen we ever saw them being anything other than just sort of people. Yeah, I think it's Uh, it's the illusion of ooh, what's underneath. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like that effect. It, it gives a sort of, and also the way that everything's color graded. So it's all sort of hell is a sort of gray. Um, it, it, it's an, they're doing a lot with, you know, a very small set. Yes. I think. Very much so. The, uh, I, I did like, um, this, this interplay between Hitler. I thought it was kind of maybe even over, you know, after, um, that 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 exchange early on when when he just you know kicks the crap out of him but you know hitler's not going anywhere and he still has this like i want to say good guy 
uh, he's he seems to be you know kind of trying to help Eugene, but I yeah. think I think we're still going to end up seeing Hitler as a bad guy. It's not well, happening yet, but it will happen. Well, I mean, later on in the episode, um, you know, Hitler basically wants Eugene to he wants to help Eugene escape from hell. But I'm assuming he wants to help himself escape from hell as well. Oh, so, I didn't see that angle, but I, I, I think you're right. So I think it's a, even if it's a genuine thing, I think his end goal is to get out himself. And I, I think it could be a play. Uh, you know, he sees Eugene possibly as the, as the nice guy and is, is doing this you know, is thinking ahead to this. And he, I don't know. And he, yeah, well, and he, and he even says, like, well, you know, this is not the worst they can do. This is, like, kind of almost like uh, slightly protective custody, if you will. Um, there are very worse places they can send you, like the hole. Yes. And uh, he actually s- sort of sets Eugene up and... Uh, you know, he trips somebody and Eugene goes to help him and says, oh, that was nice of you. And then immediately, you know, the guards come and he's taken and put in the hole. And, um, and the hole itself is very interesting. It's not how Jesse, or I should say Eugene, remembers his last moments before shooting himself. Yeah, no, we have an alternate version of his hell with Tracy. Um, Tracy of the back tattoo, where everything goes right initially. You know, he he kisses her, and she, you know, is like, "Oh, you should have told me sooner." You know that you had feelings for me. I have feelings for you too. They even have a, a brief musical number. How about that? Um, and you know, I hate those, but there it was. <laughs> but I thought, you know, who can actually sing a bit? Um, and uh. You know, everything's going right. And then, of course, the, the, the toilet flushes uh, in the bathroom. And uh, she says, well, I, I kind of promised myself to somebody else. Uh, and it's indeed Preacher, uh, possibly the last person Eugene would want to see in this situation. And why uh, would he even be there? Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so things rapidly deteriorate uh, in 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 this little hell. Well, and uh, and I, I I assume that there will be a um like a unrated version. I would I I don't know that for a fact, but upon reviewing, I didn't really I I didn't catch everything, and I realized that like while Jesse or Hell Jesse is kind of taunting. Eugene, uh, he's getting a hand job from Tracy. Yes, um, I, I don't think we're going to see that in any unrated All right, I, actual I, version. But, but the way they did it was was really kind of spiffy. In that you, I didn't catch it at first. It, 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 I know all the signs were there. I know they were, but it just clearly, yeah, you have a more innocent mind. Uh, I, I guess so. I, I, I try to be. I try to look at the good in people. Even in yeah. hell, <laughs> um, and it ends up with um, Eugene putting a shotgun to his head again. Um, but he has seen that that the, the, there is the the worst version. You know, they can they can do do more to him. Uh, so I think he's now he's at a point where uh, he's going to listen to what Hitler says, and I think they're going to. In the future episodes to come, they're going to plan an escape. And I'm willing to bet we're going to end up with Hitler in the outside world because I could see the show just doing that. So you're saying that it will be very much like Con Air where Steve Buscemi, the worst of the worst molesters and murderers, uh, is free to roam the streets. Yeah, I, and- I think Con Air Preacher is, is 100% where we're going to go. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that bet with you. But um we've missed out all the stuff um we had uh more on you know Cassidy asks Jesse to use his power to save Dennis but he won't do it. 
uh, again, kind of driving a bit of a wedge between the, the very much so. And James, what do you think? I mean, what would the voice have done? Would he have said heal? Yeah, I, I don't know because if I mean it, we've seen it has the power. If you say go to hell, right? You know, it can literally. It's not just controlling what the person does. Um, so you know, maybe it could have done something, but he's, you know, for all the fact that he will use it in any situation you know previously even knowing that the saint of killers was tracking them the fact that he won't even give anything a go seems a bit off um a bit out of character um but i think it's just ratcheting up the pressure on cassidy about whether he's gonna uh turn his son into a vampire or, not. or you know even it do it, does the does this hurt the group you know it's like you wouldn't do this for me and now I'll tell you I made out with your girlfriend. You know, it, it's it's that internal temp, you know, temperature rising between the three of them. Yeah, and I think it's a slow boil that's going on. Very. And I think it's going to. I mean, we in this we've got. I think there's more of. Um, Tulip is clearly still suffering from a PTSD, and we we saw the. Um. You know, Jesse was going or coming out as she was going in, or what, whichever way around it was, and they're kind of not really didn't seem particularly sympathetic towards each other, and it seemed to be going back to what how we saw them behaving uh, in in the flashbacks in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going off to this circuit works which is some kind of best buy circuit city type place to uh Castide had this idea of enhancing the video <laughs> and the dork docs can do that yeah and he says just like they do in the tv shows yes you know um and indeed they have magical pixel recalibration which is going to recover the the detail although they think initially he's just doing it to see that he can't be implicated in this murder. That's right. And they seem quite happy to go along with that. Yeah, and they've surpri- seen a lot of things. Yeah, and they're surprised when, no, he actually did want to know what the serial number was. And, As- and Tulip goes with him, but not really mission side. It's really for refrigerators. Well, she wants a refrigerator. I think she just wants to do something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, there's all the holes in the wall. And, you know, Tulip is goes around and she's been patching up all the holes throughout all the building, you know, going flat to flat. And then eventually she gets to the last apartment. And uh, that turns out that's where the Grail surveillance unit is with Lara, our former uh, lounge singer. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes in and... Lara spins this story about her ex and all this stuff and, and is very, very quick on the costume changes, um, which I, I was impressed by. I, I'm impressed by Tulip's ability to size up a room. I mean, again, she that, that's kind of like what 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 she does, but it, it's very um, evocative of character to, you know, look and see a gun like, is that your gun? You know, yeah. and I mean, but she's 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 not dumb at all. You know, she this no. isn't like she's she's getting tricked, but it's not overtly. You cannot just trick her. It's it's got to be kind of a a solid storyline that she will buy into. Yeah, and I mean, Lara seems to be a professional. Yeah, uh, on this, I mean, we've already seen her lounge singer act with Jesse. So the fact that you know she has a Probably a cupboard full of wigs should not be a surprise. And I believe um, there was something to the effect of this was stated outright that we get close uh, to the people that we're, you know, like kind of hunting or working with. Like they like that's yeah. kind of like what the Grail does. They they their targets, um, they, they get extremely close to so they don't even know that, that they're they're there. Yeah, I mean, the best way to do the surveillance. Um, 
And it, by the end of it, Tulip has basically invited her to go to her bar and get shot with uh, high-caliber weaponry. And, so, and, and this – I forgot about this. The, the whole reason this started is because of the booberry. Yes. And Count Chocula can suck it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm wondering whether Lara is going to become sympathetic to our group. Or, you know, because she's, she's definitely on the antagonist side at this point. But given that her star is clearly going to be the, the un, unshakable antagonist, I'm wondering if she's going to sort of end up helping. I, um, see, I, again, I am with you, James. I would love for those things to happen. But if there's one thing that I've seen in this show is like it doesn't seem like any of these people – like I'll go back to James Earl Haley. Um, Mm. and I really thought he was going to be good and he didn't. And I don't (laughs) think, I think, I think inevitably we go back to the root of people, um, that they don't do what you would, they don't do the good thing that you would like them to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm wanting everybody to sort of get together properly and, not watch this slow motion disintegration of our group. Well, you're, and everything you're, go horribly wrong. Sure, you're a nice boy. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I, you know, I <laughs> get enough of the world uh, destroying itself in re- real life. I, I want a positive story. Sure, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we have the 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 end of this episode. We've got um, Cass phones up what presumably is his vampire dad. Uh, for advice, who just thinks he's after money, but you know he sort of explains the situation and he's given the advice: let him die. You know, this is don't do this. And, so and it's every- done in such simple and short words that it's it's not going over the top. And I'm I'm I, I'm fascinated that you think that it's his vampire dad, but it. I mean it. That very well could be. I mean, it kind of makes sense in, 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 in one regard. It just sounded like, you know, he was phoning up, a, you know, a, a parent or guardian for advice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that made sense in that uh, respect is, you know, it was obviously somebody who knew enough about the vampire stuff to, you know, immediately know what he was talking about and just shut it down. Um, and yeah, we get at the end of the episode, he sort of comes into Dennis's room and he has this look on his face, uh, and it, it looks like he's either going to turn him into a vampire or he's going to smother him with a pillow. And I think those are the two possibilities that we're going to see next episode. Oh boy. I think he's going to do it. Well, there was the question, the guy on the phone um, said, you know, what's his natural temperament like? Oh, yeah. This is a kind of, you know, when you become a vampire, whatever your natural temperament is going to get exaggerated or whatever. So, you know, it would be interesting, you know, if we we turn around and our great antagonist for the, the next season or something is Dennis the vampire. Yeah, because, you know, he's, you know, it's it's funny, you know, this goes back to, I think about like, uh, you know, back in grade school or junior high, whatnot, you know, you'd have this new kid in class and they're always very, you know, usually very timid, um, you know, don't talk a lot. You know, they're just trying to go through the motions of being a part of this this new surrounding and then they get comfortable and then you realize this person's kind of a jerk. And so that I, it, it starts to lead me down that p- path of like, okay, so right now you're dying. So you're in a point of, of weakness and, and kind of putting your hand out. Now, if you're given everything you want, what are you like? Hmm. Yeah. And, and I could see him being, you know, uh, I think it would be difficult to have him as the main antagonist uh, if he's not able to speak English and nobody can speak French. But I could see Preacher entirely doing that. Um, But then I could also equally, because we saw this look on on Cass's face, this absolute 
intense look as he was coming in that they could just completely be trying to throw us and he's actually going to euthanize him or something like that. Again, we want to be nice boys, but we know what things happen. Yeah, and and we've only got three more episodes to go. I know. And we've got, like, it's it's like all these episodes are setting everything up like we were at the beginning of the, the season. And, you know, we now know basically what the Grail's mission is and what Samson Unit's mission is. And we, we've got all these pieces. And we've got the Saint of Killers is possibly taken off the, the board for... Yeah, a bit, but it might well be, maybe not this season, but as you were saying, this 1% of Jesse's soul that is missing, uh, it might, that might be need to be retrieved. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't see everything that's being set up being sorted out quickly at all. We've got three episodes and we have potentially the end of the world. Um. Well, and they're yeah. ta- they're taking they're taking their time, but yeah, I, I I'm 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 right there with you. It's like I don't want them to rush, and because that is just a, a flaw that that I've seen so many times now in adapted uh, comic book stories, and they're just not doing it. So I think we're just going to have to say when we get there. And to this destination, and to know that we are going to be looking over a cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, we've got Eugene in hell as well with Hitler. Um, I could see final episode, we've got Hitler and Eugene escape. Um, maybe the Saint of Killers gets out. Uh, her star has everybody captured, and we have the end of the world. You know, and then bang, credits, cliffhanger. Um, let me just add one more thing as a thought, because I've been I've been trying to figure out how Eugene gets out of hell. Because I thought at first that Jesse would be he seems to be feel guilty about that, but he has done nothing to try to get him back. And yeah, I mean Eugene I, is gonna be look, that that like hell sequence, that secondary hell sequence, you can kind of get that. Mm, Eugene is going to be pretty upset with Jesse by the end. Like if if he gets out, which we kind of think he is, he's going to be not a friend at least at first. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I think we could see the road movie of Eugene and Hitler. Um, oh boy, that would be interesting in the real world. And yeah, who knows? It's like. Again, no idea where we're going with this. I mean, we could end up... Um, I mean, I think we're going to have to end up at some point with uh, Jesse and our gang being in either hell or heaven or both. Mm-hmm. One, um, thing to, one thing to mention, uh, the, Jesse gets no information about, the, uh, about who is involved in, in uh I should say God's murder, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, except at the back, we see Grail Industries on the disc. Yeah, as as he just throws away the disc, which he's clearly never looked at the underside of. Yeah. Um, they shred the DVD, and yeah, it says Property of Grail Industries written on the side. Um, so he did have a clue, which he has missed. And uh, nobody's acting particularly effectively at this point. Yeah, we, we this. I, I'm. I'm. I think this next episode is really going to. Well, again, I say that, but not knowing. But I think we've got. We've got definitely got hair star who's going to be on the scene. Yeah. Um, whose approach to everything seems to be killing people. So, yeah, we'll see. But three episodes. So, how do? Where do we go? Um. We shall find out. Yeah, I think we shall. Oof. Um, and if if we're running at our usual speed of doing uh, podcasts, our, our next podcast may well be a wrap-up of the final three. It could very well be. I, we haven't heard anybody uh, say otherwise, and no one, <clears throat> no one has complained. So either they're not listening, they're not watching, uh, or, you know, 
you know, the worst part. They don't care. <laughs> well, we're going to do it anyway. Damn because, right. Um, we're doing it for ourselves, if nothing else. That's right. Yes. Because we're, we're, we're good boys in a bad world. Exactly. Um, well, same time in a week or two or three. Yes. And then we'll see how this road either ends or the car that drives off the cliff. Yes. We all end up locked in a, a van in a swamp. Or, um, or, we, or we go out Thelma and Louise style. Yeah. A Hitler and Eugene Helm, Thelma and Louise style. There it is. There's the meme of the day. Yeah. A pleasure as always, Moz. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't do this trip without you. Likewise. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.